So, guys, welcome to our conversation with Raheem. Now, fun fact, we did try to record a conversation earlier this year, but we've lost half of the audio, so we haven't ever talked about it. So, we did talk a little bit about the state of leagues uh, from that. He does, Raheem does cover uh, multiple sports um, here from Toronto rugby to soccer in Canada. And it's a very good, interesting conversation, a good conversation we had and a good listen. So guys, sit back and enjoy this. We're going to do this in parts one and two because we've had such a long conversation and we don't want to overburden you with a conversation that goes a little bit too long. So we'll leave it at an hour. So guys, sit back and relax. Enjoy this episode. Trying to find it, uh, but I... I am endeavoring to have that because it was a good conversation. I really did enjoy. We talked about a lot of things, especially yeah. just from the aspect of the sport in Canada, soccer. Raheem fault covers a lot of different sports in Canada, whether that be rugby, whether that be soccer itself. I do want to kind of start with soccer or football, depending on where you're looking at it. Um, when it comes to football on a North American scale, we just finished watching the MLS All-Star Weekend, um, where typically, traditionally, they used to run it from a All-Star standpoint where they would have a team come in. All-Star used to be actually earlier, and then they would have a team that was on a U.S. tour, and they would play that team, a European team, for their All-Star aspect, almost as a way to gauge themselves with the best of the world. So you'd have, you know... Whether that be a Chelsea come in one year, a Man City come in one year, or other countries' teams coming in. Uh, starting last year, they did move to having more of a North American feel to it, playing the All-Stars of Liga Mexi. Uh, seeing Dane St. Clair winning the MVP was cool and all, but really trying to... Really trying to build that U.S. Mexico rivalry. Um, I think the sound cut off. Filippo from Tactical Manager said something that I find actually interesting when it comes to that. I almost want to ask you this, Raheem. Uh, in a tweet, he essentially brought up the point that like you can try to build a rivalry, but it's only a rivalry if both sides really see it as two sides competing. And maybe from the MLS side, they see themselves as competing with the Liga Mexi, but maybe not on the other side does the Liga MX view themselves as comparable to the MLS. You, you, you looked at the All-Star game. Do you think, and give me your thoughts on the All-Star weekend as a whole, Raheem, but then more specifically to the question, do you feel that building the right, or trying to build or manufacture this rivalry on a North American scale is the best move for growing the sport here on a continental basis or should they have continued on just to use the standard of a European team coming on tour in their preseason kind of testing their fortunes that way so I think there's a, a few things to that um, I do know that the Liga MX in terms of a viewership standpoint is like one of the most viewed or the most viewed like league in the US because I know there's a lot of Mexicans in the US and the Liga MX did exist long before MLS ever existed so that might be a reason why 
they do these games. Um, if I just looked at the All-Star game and just looking at it, I actually think Liga MX was the better team. It's just that their goalkeepers played very well. Their defense played very well. But Liga MX played uh, was the better team. I would say that the MLS All-Stars had the better start. Like the first 5-10 minutes, they were the better team. But it felt like Liga MX had... If you look at the stats, they had a lot more scoring chances. They had more shots on goal. They just had one less goal than uh, the MLS All-Stars. Um, it is interesting to compare the kind of rivalry because um, there was a time when MLS was the third best league in the world. So this was around when Toronto FC came in 2007. The the goal was not just to beat Liga MX, but to beat the Costa Rican teams as well. So I think when they started being those Costa Rican teams, that was a huge step for MLS to become the second best league in CONCACAF. And to be honest, I think they are bridging the gap, but it, it will take quite a um, quite a like um bit of time sometime to do because I know Seattle won the CONCACAF Champions League. Uh Toronto FC almost won the CONCACAF Champions League. And I know CF Montreal yeah. back the Montreal Impact and LAFC also made the CONCACAF Champions League final. So they can compete with these teams. It's just trying to uh be consistent now in the CONCACAF Champions League. I don't think the All-Star game will determine which league is better. It's really the CONCACAF Champions League. So, and yeah. And uh, when, when talking about MLS in a North American point of view, if you look at the U.S., uh. um, some people say, I don't know if this is true, but some people say that soccer might become more popular than baseball. Um this is not mentioned much, but basketball in the U.S. had a tough time until like Larry Bird and Magic Johnson came in the 80s, which kind of made NBA much more popular. And now it's one of the most viewed leagues and richest leagues in the world. So um, there's still a bit of time to do there. And uh, Canada, obviously... You do. Um, we maybe we can talk about this later, but the connection between MLS and CPL, and I do think it is like the second. I would say the second most popular sport in Canada, probably behind ice hockey, because ice hockey because it's the global game and all. Although I I do know that in if you compare the youth systems of soccer and basketball, mm-hmm. basketball is much much more successful in both the men and women's game in basketball than soccer. So if basketball, Canadian men's and women's basketball teams start to play much better, they may challenge soccer for that. No, and it's a good point you bring up the NBA comparison because I think the NBA comparison is a good one to make because the 80s, like basketball in the States had a bad time in the 70s. So then when the 80s got, you had the Magic and Bird era you still had other great players, but you had two players who were essentially the bannermen for a decade of what the sport could be. And then on the backs of that, then you saw your Michael Jordans emerge, right? You still had other great players, but then you had that one 
superstar that was able to really grow it. And I feel like for people have said this, especially with the States, and I think this applies to Canada as well. I think we need on the North American stage, we need a player who is arguably, if not the banner man for the sports on the international level for the corporate sense to really take the sport a little bit more seriously. I think seeing it now, I think right now, Loki, if you look at great players, both in men's and women's, you see your Sinclair's, you see your Alex Morgan's, players who have played at the highest level. On the men's side, you see young rising players like Pulisic on the state side, like Alfonso Davies, Jonathan David, Gio Reyna, who I think is actually going to be better than Pulisic if he can if injuries don't hamper his career. I think those four, those five, six players are going to be the bannermen for ushering us in into what we believe the sport can be here. But I think it's going to be the next generation, that next wave. It's similar how you had Bird and Johnson, Magic Johnson. I think Jordan is going to come after them. Now, whether that's Paxson Aronson from the U.S., whether that's uh, a young Mallory Pugh coming up, whether that's Rosa Malouf or maybe Jaquil Marshall Ruddy on the Canadian side, maybe it's a Lucas Diaz who's at Sporting who we haven't seen this full potential yet. I feel that the first six are there, but that next player who's going to push North American soccer has to come, which is why I, I like the conversation of that comparison because within that, there is also that aspect of you have those four pillars, you have those six pillars, what have you, but it's the people who now step on the shoulders and stand on the shoulders who are able to take the sport to another level, which is going to be the key, I think, to grow it. I did like your point on the CPL, but again, if you feel need to say anything, feel free to cut me off. I have no issue whatsoever. This is a conversation, Raheem, a conversation. Um, no, I like. I also like the point with the, the Champions League and uh, CONCACAF. It's nice to see an MLS team actually win it. Congratulations, Seattle, taking that. And then we've seen the first round of uh, CONCACAF uh, Conference League getting started with Pacific beating uh, Waterhouse in that first round. So we're seeing young leagues like the CPL able to play. But then we're also, even on the USL standpoint, Sacramento was playing in the final, who was the USL I think team. It's Orlando. And they're going to be playing, I'm forgetting the MLS side. But I think, yeah, I think it's Orlando. So Orlando versus Sacramento, East Coast versus West Coast. No, guys, this is not the 90s and rap battles. But still, <laughs> it's very interesting to see those two states because they definitely do have the soccer culture that is really growing. In a similar way, when you look at Pacific and how they're able to grow and be successful, Vancouver has always had a strong soccer presence and a soccer culture there. Not to say that you no know, other parts in Canada don't have it. I was just at the uh, Canada Summer Games this week. I watched the end of the group stage. I watched BC play Quebec, and I was talking to my brother about like, if you looked at the pit, and he, my brother actually said this to me, we were watching them warm up, and he said, based off of how the warm-ups, Quebec should beat this. And then he watched them during the national anthem, and he says, I don't know, but BC looks like a team. And 
as the game started off, it was just a battle of players who were familiar with themselves and who knew their skills and knew fundamentally they came out with a plan and almost got away with succeeding with it. Whereas Quebec had players and not not and not to say that they weren't skilled, they were definitely skilled players, but it felt like a lot of individuals from the Quebec side versus a team on the BC side. So I do think the cultures of sport is important in how it grows and the access of it. As you look at the Champions League in CONCACAF, you look at the Conference League in CONCACAF as well, do you think it is important for some of these smaller teams to really push in competition in terms of how far they go? In a similar way to seeing a Sacramento getting um, to the final of the uh, Lamar yeah, I think Open <clears throat> Cup. If the USL was its own league competitively, like in terms with the first tier leagues, it'll probably be mm-hmm. maybe the fourth or fifth best league in the world. No, in the CONCACAF, I meant fifth best, fourth, fifth best in CONCACAF. So, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's that. Um, I think the CPL has more of an upside because. MLS almost folded in its early years. Mm-hmm. Um, people don't know this, but um, they were in bad financial turmoil when they had to fold those two Miami teams in the early 2000s. So I, I think Canadian mm-hmm. Premier League, um, well, Canada is no longer in men's soccer, no longer considered one of the smaller nations. They are considered one of the big nations. Now, the question is, could there be other CONCACAF teams that could emerge as a big nation? I, I do believe Costa Rica traditionally has been a big nation. Um, I do know like the two teams I look at as possibly yes. fulfilling, their, fulfilling their potential is Honduras and Jamaica, but the, because they were high hopes for Jamaica in the last World Cup qualifying cycle. Because um, because um, Jamaica, mm-hmm. or this is also true in rugby league, and in um, so in rugby league, um, they got all the play- mm-hmm. a lot of their players were were brought up in Northern England. There's like the Super League in England, which is considered the second best league in the world, and the Jamaica and it's second yes. and third tier they also have. So Jamaica qualified for the first ever rugby league World Cup by getting a lot of those players who had some Jamaican ancestry or born in Jamaica, but yeah. were brought up or was playing in England. So uh, I know that's what they used also for the soccer. Unfortunately, COVID played a big factor. There might be also other factors why they didn't qualify for the FIFA World Cup men's. Obviously, the women's have qualified in Jamaica, but... Um, yeah. And then... um. Yeah. I'll add about the Canadian Premier League. Um, it's interesting because you compare it to like the Canadian League Basketball League and there's always comparisons. And what I've noticed with the Canadian Premier League is that I feel like mm. they need to market their players more. The Canadian Elite Basketball League markets their players a lot like or markets the team a lot. So... There was one episode marketing, you know, the Scarborough Shooting Stars and another on the Montreal Alliance. And then they have others for specific players. 
since the launch of Canadian Premier League, which they mm-hmm. did introduce uh, some kind of uh, their team logos and all that, I feel like they haven't marketed the individuals of those players. They haven't uh, marketed um, players like um, Marco Bustos. They haven't marketed them. Like, what's their life story? Or oh, what is uh, yeah. Kyle Becker's life story? Um, I do know yeah. with uh, CPL and MLS, their relationship is very important. So um, if you look at, they really have the relationship is with the three Canadian MLS teams. They don't, from what I understand, I don't think they have a relationship that much with the other MLS teams, the American MLS mm-hmm. teams. Um, but, you know, the most uh, obvious example is I wrote an article, I think last month on it, uh, Joel Waterman is like the biggest example. He plays for CF Montreal. Mm-hmm. And then Toronto FC yeah. recently got two Pacific FC players, Katie Chong, and there's also Lucas Magnaughton, who's starting to play pretty well in the last few recent mm-hmm. games for Toronto FC. Um, yeah, Joel Waterman came from Cavalry FC to CF Montreal. And basically, I, I think it is yeah. heading in the right direction. Um, obviously... The biggest thing is obviously what's going on with Soccer Canada itself. Like there seems to be some problems with the way yes. the Canada soccer business happened. I'm not sure what's going on there. And then the biggest thing I think is it need a pro women's soccer league. I think the men's you develop it and it'll grow, but the women's I think they need something. No, definitely. I think the relationship, like you said, the relationship between the CPL and the MLS is important, especially getting players there. Um, it's it's playing time. It's honestly the best example of playing time that they can go. But I think overall, like if you look at the CPL, we, we I was talking with my co-host with uh, my other with the podcast I do here, where we do caps, you know, Africans, all the fun things. And it's almost, when we're looking at the CPL, for all the good that it comes and it creates, right, there's the reality within the league that, like, Canada is large. And one of the biggest drawbacks with having any league in Canada is that travel is probably 3%, is like more of your expenses than sometimes your team, right? And I think the things that are hampering the CPL are both exposure as well as travel. Um, I think if you, and he brought up the idea of maybe you regionalize it, right? Instead of doing a full Canada league, CPL as it's built, you maybe split the country into three, four sections, right? You put BC, Alberta, and Saskatchewan together. You put Manitoba, Ontario, Quebec together. You put yeah. the uh, Maritimes together, or however, or essentially, and I have this conversation yeah. with Josh from the Step Over podcast. You essentially use the CHL model to break up the country yeah. in a way that it makes a little bit more sense from a geography standpoint. That way, then when you yeah. want to bring everyone together, which is kind of what's happening with League One with the interprovincial playoffs, right? You let the let the League Ones battle out, get their champions, and then. You can bring them together for a competition, a championship, call it a Champions League style, call it a, the best League One team in Canada, however you have it. That's definitely there. 
So yeah. I think travel is going to be a thing that's always going to hamper Canadian sports. When it comes to access, which is also its promotion, like you said, I think a lot of that does play into the CSB. Um, I mean, we can have all the conversations we want to have about it because, let's be honest, there's many a conversations we could have about it. But I think not knowing the full length of in terms of sponsorships and the funding for that like you know if you're looking for canadian elite basketball you're going to cbc it's yeah. accessible it's easy to find and you're able to grow it that yeah. way if you're looking for the cpl you have to get a one soccer spot you gotta get a one sponsor uh yeah membership and that's not a again that's not necessarily bad yeah. But it does create a barrier for trying to grow the sport. I think when it comes to growing the sport, you definitely need yeah. you need one soccer. Before this turns into like let's all bash one soccer and media pro, you need them. But they can't be the best version of content creation for soccer in Canada. They need to be an option. They shouldn't be the option. But that means you need someone to look at what one soccer is doing and say, we need to create something above and beyond that. Because for, I think for the sport to really grow, you need a level that one soccer is, but you also need the CPL off of one soccer. In my opinion, I think if one soccer had like all league ones across Canada as like your one stop shop, I think that would be a lot more ideal. Plus you have the amateur youth, teams you have some national team coverage you have that but if you got the cpl onto another broadcaster whether that is tsn whether that's Sportsnet, whether if you tell us becomes a player which kind of rolls into that whole conversation with did you did you see the um the story i think was it westhead who put it out where essentially media pro one soccer are fighting yeah, a battle yeah, with yeah, yeah. Rogers in terms of getting access and getting, uh, yeah. Like, I when I read that story, yeah. like, I, it read to me one thing, right? It read to me advertising dollars, right? Mm-hmm. That's, that's the first thing I thought because to get mm-hmm. onto television, you have access to more revenue, you have access to more advertising dollars and more eyes. And you can't get that. You are somewhat limited if you are just on an app with a paper service. When when you looked at that, when you look at it, like, what's your perspective on that? Because to me, I just read it as well. Like, this is just their ploy to get. I think Sportsnet, dollars. if they are going to go on TV, Sportsnet is probably the hardest of the three to get onto because you know they have the hockey, the Toronto Blue Jays play there. Like the um, two that I would say that they have the best chance of doing mm-hmm. is TSN um, and also uh, I'll add RDS for the French version of TSN and uh, CBC. And actually, I do think in the, yeah. in the first year of the CPO, they had some games on CBC. And just to add to your point, so there is a subscription for mm-hmm. CEBL called CEBL Plus. And it is free for everyone in Canada, I believe. I might be wrong. Yes. But it's it's the cost is much cheaper than if you live within Canada than with one soccer. I believe if you live outside of the Canada and you try to get C E B L plus, you'll be charged money for it. 
But um, yeah, I, I, I see your point mm-hmm. of view. And basically, I, I do know that CEBL is doing the, I don't know if CPL might think of doing, it's like a Western, Central, and Eastern division um, kind of format. And um, yeah. It, yes, Canada is um, large in uh, geography. Um, I, I think that the CPL, um, like Canada is becoming very competitive in terms of sports, like with the soccer and basketball. And then you got the, uh, mm-hmm. possibly the rugby league coming up next year, the CCCRL. So, um, I, I do think that um, CPL does need to like CP, one soccer has done a very good job of promoting their games and promoting the Canadian men's and women's national teams. Like I was covering yeah. the um, Canadian women's national team for last one on soccer, and four of the five games were televised on CBC, but they were on tape delay. There was only one game televised live nationally and the other two games were televised nationally on tape delay mm-hmm. which was a bit weird to see uh, and that includes the final between Canada and the US that was on tape delay so um, the, I, I do yeah. think um, some of the traditional sports uh, people kind of stick with the sports that they're familiar with so sports like Probably, um, you know, Canadian football with TSN. Um, then you got others like um, hockey um, and other sports as well, and curling. And all those tend to get um, priority in terms of TV. And um, mm-hmm. to its credit, I know basketball and tennis are now starting to get on those TVs. And soccer as well, but I, I do feel like um, basketball um, might have been a bit more successful in terms of getting on TV on national TV sets than soccer is right now. No, definitely, but I think from a soccer standpoint, yeah. you can definitely see that it's probably more so an issue with rights, where you go back to the media pro aspect. And I think my my running theory with what's happening between Media Pro, uh, TSN, and Rogers and whatnot. I think, I think the bigger guys are trying to bleed them out. Like I think the plan, like the way that it looks like, if they're because again, if they don't put them on their channels, there is no fine. There is no repercussion. There's maybe a fine, but there is yeah. no repercussion because the way that I look at it, if I'm TSN or Rogers. You just wait them out, and maybe in two years, by twenty twenty four, if it gets rough yeah. for one soccer, then you try to get the rights at least for the men's national team, because one soccer has the rights to the twenty, the next mm-hmm. gold cup, the twenty twenty three gold yeah. cup, and they have all the national teams, but that's all they have. So after twenty twenty three, once you get to twenty twenty four. Everything's yeah. open season in terms of 
international coverage. I think there's clearly a gap when it comes to women's coverage a bit. I know they're covering things, but I feel like they could still do a little bit better job in terms of getting things yeah. on or finding things. But once you get past 2023, because that's the Women's World Cup, that's yeah. also the Men's Gold Cup. After that, you have CONCACAF Women's Gold Cup that's coming. I don't believe they have the rights to that at this point. You have the last yeah. Gold Cup, which will probably be a Copa America type, where you'll have not just Canadian teams. I, I feel like the next, the yeah. 2025 Gold Cup should be your World Cup dry run, right? So play in all three countries, make it a 22, or maybe even making a a 32 team uh, thing. Make it a 32 team <laughs> competition, but they'll probably just go with um, 24. Run it that way. Get it through all countries. Work out your kinks. And a, a tournament that large where you can get maybe some South American teams, maybe an African team yeah. here or there, or a European team come in. I think that type of tournament will be yeah. up for grabs. And I think if you're TSN or Rogers, you're saying, you guys need, what Media Pro, you guys need the ad money. So why am I going to give that to you and let you be more successful? Yeah. The rights for the national team don't end until. 2027 which is the year after the world cup that they host here so yeah if you're trying to make a play for those rights wait them out wait till to don't give them any access see how well they do right yeah. the the world the court of public opinion yeah. has media pro and one soccer in a not the most positive light right now because i mean everything with the csv yeah. that's going on and again i don't think it's their fault media pro or one soccer mm -hmm. I think their their existence is not is not a major issue. I'd say how one soccer operates is like ten percent yeah. of an issue. The other ninety percent is mainly how the CSB has allocated funding and whatnot. Yeah. They are a byproduct. Um, but they are still a good. I thing, would but say not that issue. like before yeah. I um, go on, like one, I do think one soccer is very important, and I will I will say that. The one soccer, how they do stuff, Agreed. even though it is more expensive than CEBL Plus, I do think is much better quality in terms of, you know, pre-game, post-game, halftime mm. show. You could tell that one soccer is a higher paid, like you have to pay more money because it seems of that higher quality. And I do think mm -hmm. like one soccer is needed for the Canadian yeah. Premier League. Maybe much more than the Canadian men's and women's national teams, because if I, I, I do think that TSN does TSN sports and in very different kind of positions. I agree with you on the sports net point of view, because they don't really need to add a new property. I think TSN does TSN uh, just lost the three yeah. Canadian MLS teams to Apple TV. And that will start next year. And um, that that is yes. a big blow because that was like other than the FIFA World Cups for men and women, that was kind of the only big soccer property. And the two main properties for TSN is in terms of leagues is the MLS and the CFL. And now they just have the CFL. Now, obviously, soccer would be yeah. competing trying to get onto the TV. 
they'll be probably competing with the Toronto Arrows, who want to have more of their home game shown on TSN. They'll be competing with the National Lacrosse League, who also wants to get more games on TSN. Mm -hmm. But I do think there is an avenue to have more games on TSN. They They don't have the hockey rights anymore. They don't have the MLS rights anymore. So TSN, I, I, they're in a situation where I think they have to do something. Um, I do know, though, that TSN did buy the rights of the Arnold Clark Cup, and that was not shown in one soccer. So maybe there's something to what you're saying or to that. But I do think TSN yeah. is more desperate. And I do think CBC, as mentioned before, is a place where they could get the Canadian Premier League on CBC. They were there the original year, the first year of existence. I saw a few CPL games there. So that would, yeah. to me, be the more likely one, but I wouldn't count out TSN either. No, that's true, because like, I even remember back in, what year was it, 06? Where they even had a Raptors games on CBC. So it's not... It's not out because they had like five or six Raptors games. I remember this. It was the year the the year that Boston won it with the big three, right? It was that year, and they played in Toronto like the third or fourth game of the year. And like, I remember watching it on CBC. I was like, "Yo, CBC got Raptors games, okay?" But like, so like, I think the CBC is definitely an option. I don't know if they are the full. I don't know if they're the answer. But they're definitely CBC Sport is definitely the. Let me show it to CB like, CBC is the gatekeeper for me, right? If you can put a good product on CBC, you're more apt to get people to be like, okay, where can I find more of this, right? You see that with like Diamond League for uh, the track and field. You see that with any of the swimming competitions, and I think CBC does a good job of both getting those Olympic qualifiers, also getting that equitable balance programming for both men and women. That would be, I think, the perfect... That'd be the perfect partner to say, hey, let's put these games on for, like, two years. We'll give you, like, a CPL game of Friday Night Lights, CPL game of the day, of every weekend, and we'll give you that. We'll have all the production. We'll take it around the country. We'll really drum up support. You'll see these games here, and if you want, it can go through. And then either get the idea of the CPL as a great idea for the CBT to invest in, or in turn, that'll turn into people saying, you know what? Let me get onto this One Soccer app, and I can get other things too. Cool. Oh, there's a championship with League Ones. You know, let me jump into that. Let me do that too. But yeah, I think CPL, the CBC is the perfect gatekeeper channel for that. TSN, I feel like TSN should work, but like you said, there's a lot of people who are vying for those eyes, and I think if you are, if you are TSN, you already have the FIFA World Cup, you have that with you, so you don't need the, not that you don't need the Canadian Premier League, but if you were given the option, you'd probably rather have the national team. Because you already have the World Cups, right? So give me the scene, give me all the national teams. And TSN has enough channels. You put it on TSN 5 every time. If I know every time I'm going to TSN 5, I'm seeing a red maple leaf, I'm good, right? That, that's what I would personally do. Put it all on TSN 5 so you know 
Yo, World Cup qualifiers, TSN 5. Yo, the women are playing a friendly against Australia in September. It's on TSN 5. You're doing other things. Like, we we got other players. Go, Gold Cup prep, it's on TSN 5. I think that would be the move. But like you said, with rugby fighting to get some more airtime, with lacrosse fighting to get more airtime, I mean, I mean, as much as TSN doesn't have the hockey rights, they will still try to get some hockey airtime. I think there's, as much as it's easier to get onto TSN, it's still a lot of hands trying to get into the same Yeah, um, I agree. Um, like, um, also, we're looking at it from a competition point of view. So, um, have you heard about the long tail? So, long tail is basically a place where I don't know, 95, 99% or 90% of like businesses or things that you sell, you know, you, you can make a profit out of it. So I, I believe there was a book, I don't know if it was on Amazon or another site where yeah. it did not do well initially because it wasn't on like the bookshelves, but it sold well on the computer. So that's why, uh, you know, Blockbuster was like TSN. It was like T- um, Sports Center. It was you know, if you want to rent a video game or rent a DVD. I, I remember as a kid, I used to rent uh, video games on the Nintendo 64 yeah. and all that. And I would play it and I would turn it like it was a, it was like a rental library for video games and movies. Uh, I know I think it's video games, um, maybe movies as well. And, um, you know, that went away because it didn't adjust to the times like all these other com I know Rogers had something similar to Blockbuster also, Rogers video where um I remember I rented a video game and brought it back. And I think that was in that was when the Amazon and Ebay's and all that were like taking over. Um kind of renting video games. So is yeah. T S N like maybe if I remember the article correctly, Sportsnet um, maybe they're scared that that might happen to them. Like, you know, th- they know what happened to Blockbuster. Um, it's well documented. Like, I think there's only one Blockbuster in the world now, and I think that's in Oregon or somewhere in the U.S. So that, if you look at it from that point of view, yeah. maybe, maybe one soccer is the better view than... But obviously, it's very hard to tell. I, I do know that at one point people said, "Oh, Blockbuster would never, you know, lo- you know, be an afterthought." But that's what happened. No, it's true. But I mean, at the same time, you need an option that is a lot more efficient, right? If you're going to use the Blockbuster example, the reason why Netflix took Blockbuster out is because you had a library of content that you could easily access. I think the issue that One Soccer has yeah. is they don't have a library of content, right? If One Soccer yeah. was able to get some NWSL games, right? Or how they have the Lille package for Jonathan David. If they just said, "Let's yo, let me get this uh Chelsea package yeah. for women so we can watch Kadisha Buchanan and Jesse Fleming." If they started doing things like that, then you're looking at a TSN and a Sportsnet and you think, "I don't need you." But the, the, the one drawback for One Soccer is that they have the CPL, which is great. It's a great platform from it. They have the national teams. 
They have Liga Mexi, which is running there, <laughs> mainly. Mm-hmm. And then they have the Jonathan David Leal package, right? Yeah. They don't have enough to be a viable, at this point, in my opinion, to be a viable option off mm-hmm. of what is going on in to be the Netflix to Rogers and TSN's blockbuster. They don't. Well, at the same time, Blockbuster, (laughs) Rogers and TSN have to do something. And I think TSN, like you said, is in a worse position than that. Because, you know, you have Sportsnet has like the Sportsnet world. But then the issue right now, which is really more of a conversation with all streaming platforms, at this point, just give me cable. Because I can't can't afford all these streaming packages. I can't do Disney Plus. I can't do Sportsnet World. I can't do HBO Max or I'm sorry, I'm in Canada. Crave Plus, yeah. whatever you want to call it. Like there's so many for it, and just the hoops that as a Canadian I have to go through just to watch. Not even, not even like the best league in the world. Just to watch by players and for some of them just to watch leagues in the world it's like even last year was the zone for the prem uh sportsnet world for bundesliga um sportsnet also for wsl for the women you need someone and i feel like one soccer if they were able to whether it's a funding conversation or whether it's an ambition conversation I feel like if they really could just consolidate all some rights to the point where I'd say, hey, yeah, I don't mind paying $9.99 for this because I get all my national teams, I get my local league, I get some essentially second and third tier Canada footy, but then also I can get, if I need to watch someone else, I can watch a bunch of different leagues. So I feel like that is definitely the option for them. But if they aren't able to do it, you need someone else to do that. And I think this is where like you need a provider or you need... And this is where I think we were excited with the zone. I think if the zone was from a broadcasting standpoint, if they were able to consolidate and get all those rights from a digital standpoint in Canada, I think, a lo- yes, it would be expensive... You're probably looking what thirty dollars, but if you if you told me, Raheem, here's thirty. I'm giving you thirty dollars, but I have access to all the leagues. I got the Prem, I got Bundesliga, I got Serie A, I got La Liga, I got League R, I got Turkish if I want to, I got Greek if I'm feeling a little bit spicy. Um, and you told me that was that both male and female, and you told me thirty dollars right now, dude. Dude, I'm paying for you, Raheem. I'm paying you. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah. Um, but I, think, I, I see yeah. your point of jumping, view. Jumping. Like, you know, MLS on TSN is now on uh, Apple TV. You know, the K men's and women's that used to be on TSN Sportsnet are now on One Soccer, and then you got the Premier League, which used to be. So you know, for people who grew up. You know, before MLS, right? I didn't watch the Premier League that much, but it was basically the league that helped that you know for Canadians 
watching. They didn't have like any pro soccer team. Yes, there was a Toronto Lynx, and then there was a second tier Montreal and Vancouver teams. But the first tier league, the only one that they had was the English Premier League. So, and that is, I, it's not switching on different platforms now. I don't know which platform the Premier League is on now, but that was a big part of TSN. So, um, I see that, you know, there might be one platform that, that could consolidate all of this. Um, it's, it's, um, it is possible. Um, I, I do know that Apple TV is trying to put, I, I think they're trying to do something with the NFL also, Apple TV. So I think Apple TV is more of a general thing, uh, sports wise, but, um, yeah. Yeah. No, and that's fair. Cause I think, I think it's Danny, Daniel Cohen who has the tweet where it's the, the chart where, where you would need everything to watch. And the only one that's consistent is the MLS with uh, Apple TV in every country, which makes it easier. There's no doubt about that. But I mean, yeah. if you're in if you're in the U.S., the U.S. is the best example for this, right? The Champions League, you need CBS or Univision. For the Prem, you need NBC. For Bundesliga, uh, the Disney, ESPN, ABC. For La Liga, Disney, ESPN, ESPN Plus. Serie A, CBS Sports. Ligue 1, B in sports. Like, that's, what, five different streaming services just to watch? And what if you're just like, like, imagine, like, if you're just like an American, you're like, I just want to watch, yo, okay, I, I know Christian Pulisic is in the Prem, Tyler Adams is in the Prem, Brandon Erickson's in the Prem, okay, let me get CBS Sports, cool. Oh, um, but, yo, where can I watch uh, Scottish? Because, uh... Our boy Malik Tillman's playing in... Oh, there's no one for that? Oh, okay. Like, the UK has yeah. a simple one, a little bit simpler, where BT Sport gives you, see, like, League R, Serie A, the Champions League, and then Sky has Bundesliga and yeah. the Prem. And that's a little bit more streamed. And then when you get yeah. more... Germany's one is actually low-key, a little bit easier, where zone has access to about 90% of things. Outside of uh, the Prem, which is Sky Sports, but if you have the zone, you can watch the Champions League, Bundesliga, La Liga, Serie A, Ligue 1, A-League, even NFL and NBA. And I think yeah. that's where I wish maybe the zone is able to make a comeback and get some more rights as they start to go away. But if there is a body... That can get all the rights. It's probably the zone right now, which is unfortunate because it'd be great if you could have a Canadian one who can get the Canadian rights to everything. It would monopolize it, yes, yes, but it would simplify it as well. Right? It would really simplify. And I think from a business standpoint, that's what would make it from from my consumer standpoint. For me, give me the easiest choice. Right? I, I don't want to have to deal with. Eight accounts. Look, like I have three emails. That's that's enough. I, I don't need. That's enough stress for me. Give me just max two. Give me max two subscriptions that I can say, okay, I got all my I got all my footy here. Cool. And the other ones I got over here. Yeah. Maybe that's Sportsnet World. If Sportsnet World just does that and they say, hey, where else do you want to check that out? Please someone 
someone get a lot of things and make this choice easy for us. Yeah. Um, Please and thank you. Yeah. Um, yeah, I agree in your point of view because, you know, last one on soccer, we have to cover MLS. Or, and, um, you know, I have to now get Apple TV mm-hmm. in addition to the TSN and Sportsnet. And I'm already watching one soccer because I also cover the CPL. So, yes, I agree. There's a lot of platforms now. Um, I do know, like you pointed out, Sky Sports, the one thing that I would say MLS has done well is that they've marketed their league. It can be watched in other countries. So I don't know about any other country, but in the UK, because I have family there, I've gone there a few times and um, they showed basically, I saw like, oh, here's a list of MLS games that are going to be shown live on Sky Sports or another channel televised nationally. I believe in the UK. Um, So that is one thing they have done well. Um, I think the other factor is in that Canada and the US, um, they do favor other sports over soccer. Um, UK, yes, UK has um, rugby union, rugby league and cricket, but the number one spot is a sport is soccer or they call it football there in many countries around the world soccer or football is considered yeah. the most popular sport in the world um and it's nice to have some uniqueness like canada mm-hmm. you know they have two national sports you know winter ice hockey summer lacrosse you know it's nice to have other countries that don't have the number one sport being soccer yeah but obviously, um, I, I do think it is more difficult than it needs to be because um, speaking specifically with Canada, yeah. in terms of the national teams, there has never been more success with the national teams than they are now. Like, um, I guess you could say they, I think the men's team made the Olympics in the 80s and then the World Cup in 1986. Um, but I don't think it compares yeah. with the women's winning the Olympic gold. And the men's team, with all this demographic changing, with a lot of yeah. immigrants coming from soccer-loving countries, uh, Canada qualifying for the World Cup. And I think mm-hmm. that this World Cup appearance will be similar to uh, Japan in 1998 or the U.S. in 1990, where they'll be expected to qualify for each and every single World Cup. And I, I don't think it it is hard to say that I think it's it is possible and it's something that you know Canadians should expect the, these teams to get because now there is eleven pro men soccer teams in Canada. There could be a twelfth one next year, or there will be a twelfth one next year with Vancouver, a greater Vancouver expected to be in Langley. Um, what would be interesting is if MLS awards a MLS team to Detroit. Um, how would that do with a, you know a potential Windsor CPL team? There might be some collaboration there as well. But I think in terms of Canada soccer. You know, mm-hmm. uh, I think they have to seize the opportunity of, you know, this wave of um, Canadian soccer because I do remember a lot of complaints like 
it's not being shown on TV. There was a Tim and Sid, um, a very uh, famous, was a very famous show on um, on the TV until Sid Sixero left. Yeah, they were saying soccer is no, uh, because when Canada beat the U.S. in the um, yeah in the Nations League. Nations League. They were saying, should this have been televised? And then they televised the next game, and it kind of lost badly to the U.S. Yeah. In the U.S., obviously, with the second chance with Sportsnet, mm-hmm. and I got, I guess, CPL got some exposure from the Sportsnet exposing the kind of Canadian national teams. Even though there was no CPL teams playing, you could tell it, since it was it was a one, one soccer kind of uh, feed. You could tell, like, oh, CPL teams written below. I think they had a CPL head coach yeah. appear as a guest for one of the Canadian men's national team games. So, yeah, they definitely did that. You mentioned oh. the MLS. So, C- CPL, CPL wins. There's also everything that's. I mean, not the MLS. The <laughs> yeah, see, I, I messed that up. I'm thinking every. Ever thinking everyone. And also, no Canadians. I don't believe America and Canada are the same place. Let's let's relax. Let's relax. We we have borders. The parallel is there. But with the MLS potentially going to Detroit, there's the controversy. controversy really is a controversy with what's happening with uh, Orange County and the LA Galaxy down in the states um, over just ownership of territory and whatnot. And then you have the growth of the CPL in terms of how it is. We haven't even talked yeah. about how I think the CPL has fine, accepted yeah. its fate as a selling league. Yeah. And I think it's fine. Just be that. I, don't, I think if, you, if you're telling me you can tell a, a young player that, hey, come here, one or two yeah, years, that's, you'll be uh, seen exactly right. and we'll send um, you somewhere. Almost every league in the world, soccer or football-wise, mm-hmm. is a selling league. MLS is a selling league, right? Um, you know, yes. Alfonso Davies going from Vancouver Whitecaps to Bayern league. Munich. Yes. Really, there's only, I would say, probably four or five leagues in Europe which you could consider the buyers. And almost all the other leagues are trying to, you know, sell their, yeah. um, like, t- uh, players to higher leagues. So, you, so, you know, Jonathan, David... Um, I believe he started playing in Belgium, and then he went to France. So, like Belgium, like yes. even Belgium, which has more of a culture yes. of soccer than Canada, US, they're selling their players to better leagues. So, CPL would probably realistically always be a selling mm-hmm. league. Now, there could be improvement in terms of maybe in the future they can sell them to higher leagues, not just to MLS, but maybe directly to a better league in Europe. I think that will take time. And I'm not, I don't think, you know, CPL might have some issues, but I don't think that's one of them. Yeah, no, definitely. But with all those aspects being there, a conversation is reemerging just because how territory breaks down within the States. And I think, the question I want to ask is, I it's it's not it's not necessarily a promotion relegation question. It's more so having an open league versus a closed league. 
And I think with the growth of the sport, doesn't benefit. And we end the conversation here, guys. I hope you enjoyed this conversation we've had. We're going to pick it up next week when we start talking about whether open or closed systems could be very much beneficial for soccer or football in North America, guys. Make sure you join in. And again, thank you again, Raheem, for the time. Great conversation overall. Thank you guys for joining us. Until next time, it's been a question from the African saying. Bye-bye for now.